Thanks for listening to this Sermon Extra podcast. At the moment we are studying Daniel at our evening services. So far we have looked at the first six chapters, but now we're moving on to the rest of the book. And at this point the genre of the book changes. It moves into what is known as apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic writing is literary shock treatment. It's a genre that is supposed to grab our attention. It's used quite a lot in the Bible. In the Old Testament, there are significant sections in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Zechariah, and of course, Daniel. In the New Testament, Mark 13, 1 Corinthians 15, 2 Thessalonians 2, and Revelation can all be classed as apocalyptic literature. It's used in the Bible when the drama is so perplexing and so overwhelming that what needs to be said can't be encapsulated by normal language. Theologians have debated just about everything that is said in the second half of Daniel. And some Christians come to Daniel, Daniel 7 and suddenly become theological Sherlock Holmeses and become super sleuths who are going to uncover secrets and hidden mysteries that will make them sound clever in front of others. But the second half of Daniel isn't in the Bible so that we can argue about exact timings and parts of history. The point of these chapters is to make clear that contrary to appearances, God is on the throne and the future is secure in his hands. That's what the first half of Daniel is about. But the purpose of Daniel is to say the same thing over and over again. That God is in charge of the whole universe and that we can trust him. Now, I want to use this podcast episode to give you a handle on apocalyptic literature generally before we come to Daniel 7 on Sunday night. What on earth do we make of a genre that talks about beasts, horns, bowls of wrath and trumpets? And what do the numbers mean? 4, 7, 12, 666, 144,000 or a time, times and half a time? The apparent obscurity and difficulty is ironic, given the word apocalyptic means unveiling or uncovering. In other words, it means making things clear. The first thing we should bear in mind about apocalyptic literature is that it isn't difficult, it's just different. We can't treat it in the same way as narrative sections or letters, for example. We can't use the same principles that we use for understanding, say, the letters of Paul, for apocalyptic literature. The second thing we should bear in mind about apocalyptic literature is that it is written for the people of God in times of crisis and difficulty. Daniel was written immediately after the the return from exile to a city and a temple in ruins. Revelation was written to the early church which was under pressure, persecuted and fragile. Thirdly, the purpose of apocalyptic literature is to encourage the people of God. God is in control. God is with his people. God is building an everlasting kingdom with an all-powerful king. Apocalyptic literature is the Lord's way of encouraging the church through vivid pictures. We'll also be helped by keeping in mind some basic keys which will help us handle apocalyptic literature well. There are a few of these, and I want to finish this episode by talking you through just a few of these keys. Key one is that apocalyptic literature lifts the veil or takes us behind the events of human history to show us the battle between good and evil in the cosmic realm. 
Key two is that apocalyptic literature is symbolic. Let me mention what some of the symbols mean. Beasts are earthly kingdoms or nations, and horns are, are kings or individuals who oppose God and his people. Stars are angelic beings. In terms of numbers, seven symbolizes perfection or completeness. Twelve and all of its multiples symbolize completeness too. For example, the 144,000 in Revelation 7 is the whole company of God's people through history. Phrases like a time, times and half a time, which is used in Daniel 7.25, or references to numbers of days, for example 1,290 and 1,355 used in Daniel 12, should be interpreted symbolically as precise periods of time under God's control, but not necessarily as 1,290 calendar days. Key three is that apocalyptic literature is prophetic, both specifically and generally. For example, the fourth beast in Daniel, Daniel 7 points specifically to the Roman Empire, but also generally to all earthly kingdoms that oppose God and his people. Another example is the little horn in Daniel. It is both a specific prophecy of Antiochus Epiphanes and a general prophecy of all individuals who oppose God and his people. Key four is that apocalyptic literature is Christological. This is very important to remember. The focus is always on the Lord Jesus. And we'll see this particularly in Daniel 7 on Sunday night. Key five is that apocalyptic literature is eschatological as well. It focuses on the end times between the first coming and the return of Jesus. And key six is that apocalyptic literature is dangerous if handled dogmatically. If you hear someone claiming to know exactly what some sections of apocalyptic literature mean, then they're probably wrong. We should always be careful as well about people interpreting apocalyptic literature to suit what is happening in our world at the minute. A lot of the time, that takes people down the road of idle speculation and they end up missing the point. Please, please pray that as we look at the second half of the book of Daniel, the Lord would use it to encourage us as a church family and to remind us that he is the one who is in control of all things. I hope all of that has been helpful for you. Thanks for listening to this Sermon Extra podcast.